0: What? I actually wasn't here that first time did anybody notice I wasn't here thanks whatever okay I feel welcome no I don't know I, I guess I just didn't come on that trip it was one of the few trips that I didn't make and so it's really great being with you guys this time I'm loving you I think you're amazing <laughs> and um, I'm just gonna give a little Susie sermonette real quick and then Tom's gonna come up but I want to tell you about a couple stories okay I got a couple funny stories for you so Tom and I This is what we do. We have been married for 42 years. I know you're shocked, right? Because you're like, there's no way that woman's that old. She is 42, right? I know, I know, I get it all the time. And um, all our lives, like when Tom came into ministry, like he went into ministry when he was 18 years old. He's literally been in ministry for 78 years. 78 years. That is freaking crazy. He's been in ministry forever. And then when I married him, I was then, you know, I was already, when I found Jesus when I was 15, I was like in love. I was in love with God. I was in love with Jesus. I never went to church, never heard anything about church, didn't know anything about God. And when I found out, I was shocked that nobody had told me until I was 15. It was like, you know when you're 15, you feel so old. And I just remember thinking, how have I lived? 15 years on this earth, and nobody told me there was a God. And I was so disappointed that nobody told me. And it made me feel like, was I not worth it? Was I mean, am I not important enough to know about God? Anyways, I got over all that, got God in my life, got Jesus in my life, and it just turned me around fell in love with God, then fell in love with this hot guy, because how could you not? Stay away, he's my man. And, you know, so 42 years we've been just serving God. We travel around the world. Now, this is what we do. We fly 100 to 120,000 miles every year. My 100,000 miles, 120,000, you didn't hear me, 120,000 miles. My arms are so tired. And so we have a lot of, um, I have a lot of interesting airplane stories. Some of them I can't tell you about because they're, it would be inappropriate. And I, I just have all these crazy stories. But every once in a while, Tom and I will get separated. And whenever we get separated on a flight, things happen. We should never sit together, ever. He, doesn't, he puts on his earphones the minute he gets on anyway. So why do I even sit by him? He's always like, I'm like, Tom, Tom. He's like, I can't hear you. <laughs> So anyways, the other day I'm on the plane. So first of all, there's this one time. I'm on the plane. This was recently, and I went up to Oregon, and I'm coming back with my grandkids. It's a long story. I won't get into the whole thing. But basically because I fly a lot, and I always wear all black when I fly because I have a drinking problem. Um, I spill every time I drink. And I know. You guys should think the best of me. That's what the Bible says to do. And anyways people so my grandkids are with me and they don't get to fly with us ever and so i'm like yeah i'm going to show my grandkids the ropes you know this is how this is how grandma does this This is how we travel got them upgraded into first class and everything and and when we got to the airport Because I'm dressed in all black and I'm carrying my little black wheelie and because I'm confident in airports, they're my home. They're where I live. I know airports. What happens when I'm not with Tom, people think I work for the airlines. Now we fly United Airlines and all the stewardesses are really old. Like I don't even know how they could keep working. And so I just fit right in. And and so we're at the airport and people keep coming up to to me saying, excuse me, could you tell me where the bathroom is? Like yes it's right over here and you know what where's gate 35 this way and you know and the kids are just laughing they just think it's hysterical they're like grandma why does everybody ask you questions i'm like they think i work here and so that goes on so we get on the plane and this woman she um she she comes up to me i'm getting the three kids situated i'm getting them buckled in and getting them all set up she comes up and she says, excuse me, could you put my bag in the overhead? And I said, yep, put it up there for her. And then she said, could you also get me a glass of water because I needed an aspirin? I said, yep, yeah, I'll go get it. Went down, got the glass of water, brought it back to her. And then she said, oh, I'm so sorry. One more thing, my coat. Would you hang my coat? And I'm like, yeah. And I know planes, you know? They're like my territory. I'm like, go up." The stewardesses even think I work there. They're like, I'm putting coats away. And they're like, hi. You know, like. You know, whatever. Where's your base? And, um, anyways, so the kids are cracking up. Well, finally, ding ding, the bell rings, and it's time for everybody to sit down. And I sit down beside this woman, and she's mortified. She's like, oh, Wait, do you work here? And I'm like, No. Oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. And I'm like, No, it's fine. I was happy to. No, I can't believe I did this to you. And I'm like, No, relax. It's totally fine. So, anyways, You know, I I have to really talk her down. She is embarrassed. She's just thoroughly embarrassed. And anyway, so we we take off. She's red, still blushing. We have one seat between us. It's over. It's okay. I told her I fly a lot. I'm comfortable. Don't worry about it. So five minutes into the flight, we're in the air. And all of a sudden, her hand grabs me. And I'm like, seriously, woman, we've established I don't work for United. (laughs) Like, how much more do you want me to do? And she looks at me and she goes, can I talk to you? I'm like, yeah. And, th- and then boom, you know, like total emotional throw up, you know, mm-hmm. just like everything came out of her, her horrible relationship with her boyfriend, um, this nightmare life she was going through, even to a point I thought, wait, is she being trafficked? I mean, it was so bad. She's pouring out everything to me. And I'm listening, and and she's crying, and the grandkids are like, they're in the three rows beside us. They're like, oh, and I'm like, shh and they're like what is going on anyways you know throughout the whole thing I mean it takes the whole flat flight and I'm trying to give her wisdom and I'm trying to just give her you know like you know what you need to dump that jerk fast or you know I mean no I was giving her good wisdom you know and I was just trying to help her through and stuff and mainly listening finally I got to the end of it and I'm like this is the worst thing ever I don't have any answers for you I've got one and i said listen i don't know what you believe i don't know what you feel uh, about god but you're in a big heap of trouble and i don't the only only way out that i can see for you is you've got to get greater help than i could give you or any human could give you you need god And she's like, this must be why the Lord sat me next to you. And I'm like, it is. And she wasn't a Christian. I mean, she knew to say that. And so, long story, we end up praying. She accepts Christ. I get her hooked up with the church in Oregon when she goes back. And she ended up going there. So it's great. It's it's awesome. But the cool part of the story is she poured out her heart and her life and her story to me. She didn't know I was a Christian. She didn't know I was a minister. She didn't know what I did for a living. She didn't know any of that. You know why she poured it out? Because I showed her kindness. You know what the Bible says? It's God's kindness that leads people to repentance. And I thought, you know, I didn't think about it until I got off the plane and the kids were like, Grandma, what happened? I'm like, oh, my gosh, her life was so screwed up. And then I just told her, you need God, and she accepted God. And and they're like, oh, that's so cool. I'm like, it is. So it was really great the grandkids got to see that. But then, you know, I started thinking about it. why did she tell me? It was kindness. Well, then the other day, we're on the plane again. We get separated. I sit down. I'm tired. We've been preaching. We've been traveling everywhere. I'm exhausted. I don't want to talk to anybody anymore. I just want to watch a movie. That's all I want to do. I, I don't, as we've established today, I don't watch a lot of movies. But, you know, I, I, occasionally I just want to watch a movie and zone out. And you know this really good-looking guy, and I can say that because I'm old enough to be his mother. Do you understand? It's fine. Tom, don't be threatened. He's always like, you can't say that. I could be his mother. It's fine. But this really handsome young man sits next to me, and he's just dressed to the T, like male model quality, you know. And you know, and I, you know, I, I notice him in a motherly way, and I'm like, and and anyways. Um, I kind of felt a little prompting from the Lord like you need to be Susie be alert and I'm like oh Lord seriously (laughs) can we just not talk for you know 20 minutes I don't want to talk but I knew this little prompting in my heart so anyways I kind of was just ignoring him like you know how you don't want to make you don't want to have the small talks you pretend like you're wearing you put your earphones in but there's nothing going on you're like you know, just do talk to me. I'm busy, see? And um, he just started trying to get my attention. Like, he kept doing this. <clears throat> <clears throat> and he kept leaning towards me and kind of bumping me. And I'm like, oh, seriously, you're invading my space. And I scooted over, and I could hear the Lord saying, Susie, and i'm like no and and then he kept doing it like a little kid this <coughs> like the fake cough that little kids do to get their mom to notice them and so he kept doing that and finally i'm like all right whatever okay i, okay. I said listen I, I noticed that you seem to have something caught in your throat. Can I, can I get you a glass of water? And he goes, Oh my gosh, this is what happened. I went to my mother-in-law's house and I went into the refrigerator and I got a bottle of what I thought was water and I got it out and I drank it and it was hydrogen peroxide. And I went, What? You're kidding me? And he goes, Yeah. What do you think's going to happen to me? And I said. I don't know. There's no Wi-Fi on the plane. We can't Google it. I don't, I don't, I don't know. And he goes, Do you think I'll be all right? And I said, Oh my gosh, I don't know. How do you feel? And he goes, I feel funny. I'm like, well, do you feel girdling or do you feel what? Do you feel nauseous? What do you feel? And he goes, I don't know. I don't know what I feel. I just feel funny. I'm like, oh my word. I said, listen, I don't know. I can't Google this. So this is what I'm gonna do. I can't do anything for you but this. I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna ask God to heal you because I believe in God. So just go with it, okay? And he goes, okay. And I said, Lord God, just right now, would you just heal him? And Father, whatever might be going on, would you put it in order? And, and, and just, and, and then we stopped. And he goes, oh, my gosh, I feel better. Thank you. And I'm like, oh, man, that's great. And he goes, I'm a Catholic. I believe in God. And I said, that's awesome. And he goes, I pray to Mary all the time. And I went, I love Mary. She's awesome. I, I totally, man, she's like, she's a hero of mine. And I said, but you know, I said, think about that. Do you ever pray to Jesus? And he goes, no, I always pray to Mary. And I said, you know what? Do you know, I don't know if you know this, but Mary, if she was here right now sitting with us, she would tell you to pray to her son. And he goes, what? And I said, no, really. Look, in the Bible, and I, I got out my little app, which is downloaded, so I don't need Wi-Fi. And I said, look, it says that you come to the Father in the name of his son, Jesus and that Mary would tell you the same thing and he goes i never saw that scripture and i said oh yeah and he goes that's amazing and i said yeah i mean listen mary would be agreeing with me mary's amazing and he goes i need to i need to explore my spirituality and I'm like, you do. I said, how about we start here? Did you ever ask Jesus into your life to be your Lord and Savior? And he goes, well, I've gone to Catholic Church my whole life. And I said, no, no, no. I mean, like, like when I married my husband... It was 42 years ago. It was a long time ago. I don't remember who was at the wedding. I mean, a few people maybe. I don't really remember what food there was. I don't remember a lot. It was was like eons ago. But I do remember this. I walked down the aisle in a white dress, and I said yes. I remember that. So when you accept Christ, it's like a marriage. You remember that you did it. Do you remember? And he goes, I don't think I ever did it. And I'm like, cool, well, let's, let's do that so that happens so afterwards you know we're getting off the plane now we're best friends we are best friends he gives me his card tom comes up and meets me i'm like tom this is bernard and bernard this is tom and and he's like can i call you guys and i've, I've got a girlfriend there's another story to that so it's really good and he goes can i bring my girlfriend which i told him you have to marry her because you can't be dating her for 10 years and not put a ring on it you know <laughs> and anyways Ten years, seriously. Make an honest woman of her, okay? So we went through that, too, because I'm also a meddling woman. <laughs> I don't think that was the Holy Spirit. I think that was me. I just went in, you know. And, um, but I'm human. That's what happens. So anyways, in the end, this guy calls Tom and I like a month, ago, a month later, and he goes, hi, do you remember me from the plane? Can my fiancé and I, I'm like, that's right, can we come and get spiritual guidance from your husband. So we have met with him. He writes me all the time. They're getting married. They're going to go on to serve. Anyways, how cool is that, right? Okay, super cool. Now listen, here's the moral of the story, guys. You've got to know the story to which you belong. Do you understand what I'm saying? I know the story to which I belong. It's Jesus. I found him. I got him. I love him. He is my Lord. It is my core authentic truth. You know, this generation, your generation, you guys bat around the, the word authenticity like nonstop. Organic, authentic, all that. That's cool. That's great. And what I'm hearing from you, and I know that not everybody's in the same generation here, but I think it's just, just right now, those are the key words that go around. And I think that what it is is because we do want authentic. I don't want phony. I don't want crazies. I don't, I want real. Mm-hmm. And you know what? So does everybody else in the world. Yeah. Everybody wants real. Like, just tell me the truth. Yeah. You know, it's not when I sit next to somebody, I've got, now I've got to devise my big Christian plan of attack to get them and so that I can conquer them and make them a notch on my little spiritual belt so that then I can, you know, get, you know, it's not that. It's that my truth is my truth, and it drives me, and I can't help but speak about it. Peter and John in Acts chapter 4, they looked at these men, and they said, listen, these guys are untrained and uneducated. They didn't go to seminary. They didn't go. They weren't, they weren't eloquent in their speech. But you know what they said? We can tell they're untrained and uneducated, but we can also tell that they've been with Jesus. And they knew that there was something that made them stand out. You know, for you and I, because we have Christ in us, when you, and if you don't, you should get them. Come up here and talk to me afterwards. You, believe me, you got to get them. But, you know, because we have Christ in us, when I walk into a room or when I walk onto an airplane, it's, you know, I should change the atmosphere of that whole plane. When I walk in, it's not because I'm wearing yellow or I'm blonde or I'm from California and I'm, you know, exuberant or whatever. It's because Christ walks in with me and there's something about me that should glow in the dark and it's not me forcing a glow and being weird and being awkward with people it's me just being me this is my truth this is my story you got to know your story and if your story is him you got to know him and you got to get to know him And so when you share with your unsaved friends or when you come across people that don't know him, it's no longer this weird, oh my gosh, I'm sweating bullets on how to, I don't know how to evangelize. You know, the whole thing with people going up and knocking on doors, I don't like that. It's like, do not knock on my door. You know, if I want you to come over, I'll call you. Don't knock on my door. You know, I don't know if you guys have it here, but on our malls, we have these guys that sell this cream. And so they're always, when you're at the mall, they're like, oh, come over for your free sample. I will go all the way around the mall to avoid them because I know they're trapped. I know that once, you know, they're the oh, you're so beautiful and your skin's so lovely. And they lure me into their lair, and then I'm <laughs> spending $300 on face cream that I don't want or don't need, obviously. So, you know, I mean, and the thing is, people in the world don't want that either. They don't want to be trapped. And so I have found, you know, and this is what I always say that Tom and I have, the best thing that we have to offer, you know, the places we go is experience and age and we've lived enough in the Lord and long enough in the Lord that we've made our stupid mistakes we've we've done it the wrong way when we're still obviously we're going to have I'm going to have new mistakes for you when I see you next year but you know we we've learned that all the promises of God they're not a carrot at the end of a stick you know and I can get up here and I can genuinely tell you guys listen you want to make Jesus first in your life you just do you know, I remember wondering, Lord, will you give me a man that will love me and care? for? Me? Yes, I will. Put me first, and you'll find him. You know what? I like this guy. I like him more than I liked him in the beginning. I like old Tom better than young Tom. Young Tom, you know, was great, but old Tom's awesome. You know, I mean, but that, those are things. When you put the kingdom of God first, all these things will be added unto you. It's the goodness of God. But guys, the first step is this, to know your story, know your truth, get that inside you so that when you begin to live your life authentically, I'm not stressing about what I'm going to say to you or or where I'm going to go or what if I encounter somebody. I encountered two university professors the other day. That literally, no man comes to the Father unless the Spirit draws him. You should always look for the people that are being drawn towards you. You don't be a space invader and go, you know, you know, bugging people. You watch for the people that are drawn towards you. And then you listen to the Lord. And, you know, the other day I had these two university professors. Listen, I am not a university professor. I am not the brightest crayon in the box. You know what I mean? And I sat there for three hours. They wouldn't leave. And you know why they wouldn't leave it wasn't because I was so brilliant and eloquent it's because I was genuine. And you know when the one woman you know she kept telling me she was a medievalist professor and she kept saying well people find God in many places but you know I find God in my pat my my late uncle Tito. I'm like what? I'm like uncle Tito is not God. <laughs> and she goes well he's my God. And I said, well, you know what? And we were, it was a friendly banter. By then, after three hours, we were like buddies, you know? And, um, you know, I said, listen, this is the thing. Uncle Tito didn't die for you, and he didn't come back to get you, and he didn't promise to live with you all the days of your life and help you through this world. I said, that's why I chose this God. He's the only God that came back to get us. And when I said that, her face dropped and she was like, That's a good point. <laughs> like, that is a good point. You know, it's things like that. When you know that truth, when Jesus is the reason that you breathe and live and move, you're going to be authentic in this world. And you're going to find yourself. I have some great scriptures to share, but I can tell that he's like itchy up there and he's like, mm-hmm. So I'm going to let him come up.
1: Just going right along with that, though, I think that um, I think you weren't old enough to be his mother, so back off. Okay, no, but... Uh, no, was. He was 26. Okay, right. Yeah. You know, can you, you notice, know been that you can never say that? You ever gone to a movie, you know, and how the girls in the movies will be going, that guy's so... oh, I, oh he's a dream boat, isn't he? You say, look at that girl, she's hot. You know, you know, you know, you know. It is a double standard. Equal rights. Okay, no. It is, I think, I can't believe it. It is, it's such a, I know, I can't. I've learned. (laughs) i got scars over here I can show you. This afternoon we were talking a little bit and one of the questions that we were asked was that, you know, how do you maintain your fervor? How do you, you know, keep on keeping on? Because we have been doing this a long time. I did start when I was 18 and, you know, and I just just never really realized there was anything else to do but this. And uh, I think that, What what comes to my mind, even as I've just been pondering that during the day, is in John 10, 10, the scripture says clearly, he says, Jesus says, the thief, which is the enemy, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He says, but I've come to give you a life that is rich, full, and satisfying. And... I think for me that, uh, you know, as, as we kind of like Susie's talking about these guys getting saved, a lot of times, especially within our church environment, it's we are, we're looking to get people to pray the prayer, you know, come into church, you know, get homogenized, pasteurized, you know, and uh, baptized, you know, and they do, we do all this and get them done. And then they sit in the front row, second row, whatever, you know, and, and now they're good believers. Yay! You know, and, and then, but what about that person? What where do they, you know? Well, God, when Jesus says, I've come to give you a rich, full, and satisfying life, well, that isn't just, I, I got the best chair. You no, know, that isn't it. It's talking about seeing the fullness of God's purposes released in your life. Rich, full, and satisfying. So that, you know, and, and when we think about the world and all the things the world has to offer, you know, Jesus supersedes that by so far but we never give him the chance. Because what happens, the enemy comes and he whispers in our ear and he offers us these things to try to distract us from the purposes of God in our life. He is a thief that's coming to steal. What he want to steal? He wants to steal your joy, your peace, and your righteousness. That's called the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not meat nor drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. He wants to steal your joy, peace, and righteousness. He wants to kill your, your whole existence for living, and he wants to destroy anything, anything, kill, kill, steal, and destroy anything that you have that stop you from becoming effective. Here's why. Because now you are dangerous to the kingdom of darkness. From this moment forward, from the day that you say, Jesus, come into my heart. You may not know what you have. You may not know that you're a threat. But you have the light of the world, the light of God within you, that wherever you go, you are a threat to the enemy's kingdom. Because now you can turn around and say, oh, guess what happened to me? I prayed with the lady on the airplane. Oh, guess what happened to me? I talked to that person and met the Lord. And now that light is contagious right you notice that you know we we put the things there because light will come in if we lifted them up darkness won't shine out right but light will shine in true and that's what it is once that light's within us you open your mouth and it's going to come out you know and and that's the point so the enemy says okay you may not think you're a great evangelist or you may not think you're a great preacher but here's what it is you have the truth and every one of you know how to talk about something you're excited about true true any surfers in the room yeah you know how that is you know and you, you've ever hang out with surfers, you know what it is. You know, I don't care if you only got one good wave in all your life. You still talk about that wave. You know, you got totally better. You know, and it's the story that you've been talking about for 500 years. You know, because it's the one wave that you got. It. Did you You should have seen it. You know, you know it was awesome. You know, I got sponsored. You know, and, and this kind of thing where, where it happens, right? So you know, even if it's something trivial, not the waves, i am just let you know. But if it's something trivial... That you it you you know how to talk about and to speak about those things that are exciting. And eventually, once you understand that the Lord has come to give you that rich, full, and satisfying life and you see just how glorious He is and what He really has to offer to give you a life that is full of joy, full of peace, and full of His righteousness that you don't have to walk around condemned anymore. You don't have to walk around feeling, you know, sometimes we'll say second class citizen, but really, let's be honest, most of us feel like fifth or sixth citizens, you know, where we just are not even in the category of seeing the things of the Lord take place and then you have that rejection that stops you you you, you, you just don't go forward, you don't do anything. And then in that same thing that is you know the Bible says the joy of the Lord is our, strength so if he takes away your joy and you're constantly in turmoil you have no strength to face the day you have no peace and so you can't sleep so you get worn out and then what happens And all this stuff all adds up and the enemy comes and then there's a word that we 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 use we kind of forget what it means but he then comes and he brings temptation now temptation we always think Oh, temptation! As if it's some like you know some demonic things that's going to come out of the closet, eh, 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 you know, like this. But it, temptation's not that. Temptation is tempting. So when temptation comes, it's like, oh, cool. You know, I mean, I'd like to buy. You know, that apple looks really good. You know, I mean, it is something you want. To involve yourself in, it's something you want to indulge in. And so, what happens if you don't have the center of Jesus in your life? Then, what happens when that temptation comes? You want to bite into forbidden fruit, and when you do that, at first it's like you know, oh, cool, look, I can do all this candy. It's awesome. Then you get a stomachache, right? This is great. Oh, look at this. I can do this, but then you have you have repercussions. There's a consequence to giving in to that situation. And so a lot of times when, when we look at this, I think it's really if we just very pragmatic, very simple about it. What are you willing to trade your joy, your peace, and your righteousness for? Well, you know, it, it, oh, it's a beautiful car. You know, you know, oh, I, oh, she's so pretty. Or, oh, man, I'm that much money. Or, man, I could be that famous. Or whatever it may be. Am I willing to trade my joy, my peace, and my righteousness. And if it's just something that's up here and it's not something that's here, like Susie said, you have to know your story. Mm-hmm. If you don't know who Jesus really is and you haven't walked in that fullness, if it's just been, you know, your fire insurance because you don't want to go to hell, you know, come into my heart. Good, okay. And is this is a lifelong policy? Yes, it will. one we'll never expire. You know, and you, you, you can get that. If that's what you think it is, then you're missing the joy of being a Christian. And I think for us, in my life, I, I I would never trade what God's done in my life. I would never, you know, give away what He's done in me, because His joy is unspeakable. It's full of glory. That's kind of like unspeakable, full of glory. What are you talking about? You no, know, it's like it's just so it's so rich. You know, it's not like going to Disneyland. Sorry, we go. But uh, like it, but it's not like going to Disneyland, getting on a ride, going, oh, man, that was awesome. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, you know, it's over. It, this is a joy that's in me all the time. It's like, it's cool. I'm stoked. I love this. This is great. And it gives me purpose for life. It peace that in no matter what's going on, you know, if your flight's delayed or you're running out of money or there's problems or whatever, your wife's gone shopping, whatever it happens to be that, you know, begins to... It, I'm just talking, being trying to be transparent. But this, you know, that kind of thing happens, That it, I still have peace in my heart. That I know that God will somehow get me out of the. Okay, you know, get, to bring deliverance to that situation. That He is a greater than my circumstances. That God will do that. And I don't care what the devil says when he comes to me and says, "Hey, man, you are a loser. <laughs> hey, join the club. Who do who know that? You know, that's that." But when he tries to accuse you and tear you down and I turn around, I have a choice of who I'm going to believe. Am I going to believe Jesus who says, I love you and I have a wonderful plan for your life? Or am I going to listen to the enemy says, you're a piece of trash? You see? And the Lord wants to bring a point of value and you have the value and you have that thing in your hand. You know that it's real. You know that it's true. You won't trade. You won't trade the kingdom. I want to live in the rich, full, and satisfying life. And guys, I just want to share with you, you know, that, you know, I don't know where you're at in your journey. I don't know how old you are in the Lord. But I want you to know something. No one arrives. You know, we don't say, oh, well, I've been a Christian for six months and I have all the answers. You know, and I don't care if you've been a Christian for a hundred years, you still don't have all the answers. And every every day his mercies are new. In other words, every day he comes and he touches us with something new. Fresh, something of life and something that's relevant. It's it's crazy to think that Jesus is relevant. I mean, he didn't have a cell phone. You know, come on, how could this? He couldn't text, but yet he's relevant, right? You know, did he have the internet? Did he have a? Was he on Instagram? You know, it's like you know. Imagine if he came today. Awesome. But you know, this would just be how many followers? Okay, but this would just be <laughs> like, like four billion. You know, okay, that would be kind of cool. He'd you know you know he'd. He'd be D- Justin. You know, anyway, that just, you know, that's how it'd be. But what we want to see in this is that this God is worth serving. But guys, don't you dare settle for a superficial God. Don't you dare settle for a dead religion. Because, you know, see, Jesus didn't come to bring a new religion to the earth. He came to bring relationship between us and God. I have come that you might have life Rich, full, and satisfying. And I just want to speak over to you. This, 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 kind of this prophetic statement for you guys. Listen, it's an interesting. I mean, look at this group here tonight. You know, whoa, you're a bunch of young guys and girls. You know that? Well, most of it. Okay, you know. So you know, <laughs> some are older, but you know, I mean, Steve. But uh, you know, <laughs> <are> you? yeah. <laughs> But you know what? Yeah. <laughs> but we have this situation. This, if you look around yourselves, but <laughs> are, are they making fun of you? Oh. Oh no, yeah. Well, that's that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Don't don't you get kind of sense he's got it, like an old spirit, old soul? You know? Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 No. <laughs> In the best possible, right. Yeah, I mean that without hurting you. <laughs> All right, listen. You are a unique power. You know, I mean, if, I mean, just, just do a little bit of math here. I know, don't get panicked, you know, but it's like, you know, if each one of you told two friends about the goodness of God, you couldn't use this building anymore. Do you know that? And if those two friends told two friends you'd be looking for an auditorium somewhere else. And if those two friends told two more friends, you'd be renting your high school auditoriums to have your, or the fields, to be gathering together to worship the name of the Lord. I sense this. I think that you are a fertile group. I think the Lord wants to bring life from you. I think the Lord wants to build life through you. But I think this is what Susie was saying is so important. You need to know your story. You need to know who you are and what you are in the kingdom of God. And don't you dare settle for head knowledge. This is an amazing love story. This is a story full of passion. And if you think for one moment that any relationship you have with God is going to be this little platonic, you know, kiss on the cheek. Oh, thank you, Lord. That was so good. You know, listen, this is a God who is full of passion. This is a God that when he just said, let there be, look around. You know, all the crazy things, insects and birds and look at Australia. I mean, gosh, give me a break. You know, I mean, the things that he did and created there, you think, (laughs) good thing it's there. You know, but, you know, that, you know, all that, you know, all these things that we see in all creation around the world. True. We look at it. You think that God who says, I want to give you a rich. Oh, Oh, well, thank you. I'm just going to make it by. Not just Mitch financially. But emotionally, physically, spiritually, you know, every way. Rich, full. And when God says full, it's, like, it's not like, uh oh, uh, oh, uh, oh. Uh. No, it's full. Pressed down, running over, does he pour out his blessing on your life? Rich, full. And here's the key phrase. And for every one of you, every one of us go through this satisfying life. What am I going to do with my life? What, what is my career? What, what, what am I going to invest myself into that's going to be there? You know, when I get out of school, you know, is the job still going to be available or is some technology going to wipe it out and change it? Right. Rich, full and satisfying. And the existence of what what God wants to bring to each and every one of us would be satisfying forever. Right. And whatever that is, he'll bring you to that that fulfillment in him. Taste and see that the Lord is good, right? And I think the Lord just wants to encourage you guys tonight that it's more than just having a good time. It's more than just being buds. It is actually seeing the manifest presence of God in your lives right here, right now. And let me just ask you, don't you know somebody who's bummed out with life? Don't you know somebody who's ready to maybe um, slit their wrists? Somebody who's ready to, you know, harm themselves in some way. Somebody who is ready to spend their life on drugs and versus on life. You know, don't you know some people right now that are in crisis? Do you know a family that's about ready to blow up? You know, do you know people that are in trouble? Guess what? Here comes Jesus. I've got the light of the world. I've got it. And if we're not afraid to come in and let that light shine, we can see differences made wherever we go. Don't just be a good church. Don't just be a good club. Don't just be a good gathering. Be those people that live in the rich, full, and satisfying life of the kingdom, because that's what Jesus said He'll do. Does that make sense? So, Holy Spirit, I would pray right now that even in this room, oh, yeah, Lord, would you um, would you bring peace? Even as I'm saying that, I just I just sense the Lord was saying that there's a few of you in this room that, you know, they're, you're you're not tasting that rich, full, and satisfying. It's more like the thief has, has been kicking you around the block for a little bit. Well, you know, the Bible says that when the thief is discovered, he has to pay back seven times over what he's stolen. And I think tonight the Lord wants to bring deliverance for you. For that turmoil, that for that... that I'm just going to, I'm not going to call you out, but I'm going to describe a couple of circumstances and then you can identify to it and we're going to pray in a few moments. But that night terror, that when you go to your room and you start to lay down, that you just, the anxiety and the the fear just overtakes you and the restlessness that you just, you're just not finding rest because the enemy's stealing your sleep. He's scaring you with your past. He's scaring you with your present. He's scaring you with your future. I believe Jesus wants to bring freedom for you today. Just wants to take that off of you. I come against that area of self-harm right now. You know, and I'm just hurting myself. No, it's the enemy trying to hurt you big time. And to stop you from being who you're supposed to be. You know, it, it just, it's just not good. It's the enemy stealing. And I just want to break that power right now in Jesus' name that fear of death in the name of Jesus, I speak life. I speak life over you. You will live and you will not die. I come against the areas, I just sense the areas where there's been abuse or disappointment, disappointment in the point of your leaders or your family or people that you put your trust into that hurt you. Father, I pray that you bring healing right now in this room. You bring restoration. That you would be the one that would come in and really bring a rich, full, and satisfying life. Lord, would you give us a reason to praise? Would you give us a reason to worship? Would you give us a reason to be thankful? Not just parroting it, but Lord, that we want it to come out of the abundance of our heart because of the work you're doing within us right now right now would you be real to each and every one of us tonight now again i'm not going to ask you to identify those issues but i am going to ask you this if you say you know lord yeah i want your rich full and satisfying life i'm sick and tired of being sick and tired and i don't want to be sick and tired anymore why don't you just raise up your hand for a moment that we can all pray together would you do that just right now great yeah now, look, I want you guys to do this. Look around and see the hands that are right. Just would you lay hands on their shoulders right now? Yeah. It's okay. Nothing thing would be listen, you know, yeah, I mean, you know, it's like saying anybody who has eyes, would you raise your hand? It's okay because we all have problems. You know, we all have, you know, issues. It's all right. And just just lay hands on In fact, you can just, let's do it this way, make it easier. Lay hands on the person next to you. Okay. Put your hand on their shoulder right now. And I just want you just to do this. I just want you to do this. Just, you know, in your own way, but just say, Lord Jesus, heal these guys. Lord, heal them. Lord, free them from oppression. Lord, we break the hand of the thief right now. We break the plans of the thief right now. We won't let him steal, kill, or destroy any of us anymore. But in the name of Jesus, we come to you and we say, come, Lord Jesus, and bring us that rich, full, and satisfying life that we might walk in your fullness and your life and really live, the, live. be people who live in the kingdom. We don't want a religion. We want you. So come, Lord, and bring life. In Jesus' name, amen. All right.
2: So Tom's just giving me the microphone and I don't know what to do next. (laughs) How about this? How about we call it a night? But if there's something that's like you feel particularly that, like man, that's that f- feels like he was just talking right to me. Feels like somehow he just knew my situation, or and it was speaking right to my heart. Then if the, often that's God's way of saying this is, this is actually for you. This is, this is for you. And, you know, one of the cool things about the the church, being the church together is that we can get people around us that can, um, you know, support us and and pray with us. And so I, I, one of the things I love seeing, you know, when we sort of finish and the music comes on and coffees on is I just see people just, you know, a couple of people, just two or three people just praying over here or, or just over here. And, and I'd just encourage you. Don't, don't just think like, okay, I need coffee. Uh, I need <laughs> I need to get I need to I need to get something to drink. But maybe just be thinking first of all is like, is it maybe I could just give something of myself for for someone else. And maybe it's uh, the person next to you is like, just even hey, you know, could I pray for you about anything? And um if and you don't have to, but you know, we're pretty chill here. But if it just may be that it could be an incredible blessing to your friend next to you um, to do that. And, um, and look, um, if you feel like you want someone to pray for you that's got some gray hairs, then I'm here. <laughs> Tom's here. Easy there. I'm, I'm so tempted. <laughs> Just me and Tom. <laughs> I would get myself in trouble. Um, We'd love to pray for you as well. So, so let's, you know, so like you say, we'll put some music on, which is kind of it's that transition from the end of the movie to, like, it's time to leave, but it's not time to leave. It's just hangout time, um, and, but there's plenty of good stuff that can still keep happening. So it's been so good hanging out with you guys. Why don't you just give these guys a, th- a thank you for, for sharing. They're going to be around if the, uh, for, for a little while yet, if you like to have a chat or a, you know, a pray, and uh, they love doing that. Um, but otherwise, we are, um, that's the official part of the night is over, and then the, the hangout part, is a, and, the, the, and the praying for each other, if you'd like to do that, is about to begin. So God bless you all. Now I'll just ask you'd like to pray a blessing on you. So Father, we just ask for the blessing of the Lord. To be with each person here where it's Sunday night, kicking into the work week, the study week, the, the whatever it is week that's, uh, that's ahead. Mm-hmm. God, that you would go with us, yes. that your presence would be with us yes. and not just for us, but God, somehow the goodness of the kingdom that is within us would spill over into the lives of those that, uh, that we bump into that are around us. Just as Susie shared, just, the, the, just that there was something of the goodness of, of God spilled over and, and, uh, and made a tremendous difference in people's lives. May that be our story this week. So, God, we thank you, that you, we thank you for your blessings, for your presence, and for your love. Amen.